Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of DC Hub Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. William B. Morgan. Unfortunately, we are down a man, Shah Muhammad, normally joins joins me on the show, but he's out with an illness, so we hope that you come back very, very soon, Shaw. Get better really, really soon. However, we do have someone who stepped up in his place. I want to say thank you to him for taking his time to join us tonight. Jeremy, how you doing, my friend? Doing good, man. Doing good. Good to have you. Good to Hate have that you. Hate that Sean couldn't be here, but it happened. <laughs> Got Jeremy Monson from the Facebook group, as you guys know. And real quick, let me go, before we get started, let me introduce our very special guest we have with us tonight. <clears throat> well, you know her better than me, Jeremy. Would you like to introduce our guest, Jeremy? No, no, it's all on you, buddy. Um, my signal's not very good, so I'm not going to do much talking. I got you, I got you. All right, well, let me go ahead and introduce our special guest, Kat Kalamia. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good. And for those of you who don't know, um, she writes Father Like Daughter. So, if you def- so definitely check that out if you hadn't already done it. And Kat, some of the questions I want to ask you, uh, and we actually have something in common. Uh, I did a little, had a little bit of research done on you, and I understand you're a big Casey Sandsmark fan. I am. I do like I do like uh, Cassie a lot. I think she's a she's a cool character. My only my issue with her is the fact that you only you've only really seen her in a comic. Yeah, she, she had a little bit of run on Young Justice here and there. But do you think DC will actually use her more in mainstream media? Um, I would love that. Um, I, I like you said, we we've seen her in Young Justice. I'm trying to think if there's really a show she could appear on right now. I don't think there is because Titans has been doing you know kind of more first generation yep. characters. They are introducing Superboys. Who knows? Maybe we'll get to see Cassie and Donna's in that show. Um, but I would, I would love to see more of her. <clears throat> As Jeremy knows, I am a huge Raven fan. She is my favorite Titan. Uh, Donna Troy is behind her, but then it's Casey right there for me. So, yeah, I, she's an awesome character. Hopefully we get to see more of her. Uh, <clears throat> and speaking of the Wonder Woman family, are you really excited to see Wonder Woman 84? Yeah, of course. I love the first movie um, a lot. So I think this is going to be even more epic. I like the poster so far. I'm guessing at San Diego, that's when we'll get, uh, hopefully, a trailer. I know they won't be there. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, they're going to be, like, outside of the Comic-Con, so who knows. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for it. And I'm glad you brought that up, because I also want to ask you, I have been one of the most unfortunate people. I lived out here in Augusta, Georgia, so when it comes to Comic-Cons and things like that, we don't get a whole heck of a lot down here. Explain your Comic-Con experience. Also, tell us some of the do's and don'ts for those who are going to a Comic-Con for the first time. Okay, yeah, that's a loaded question. Um, uh, But, yeah, I've been doing conventions, like, as a fan since uh, probably 2008-ish. I was, believe it or not, in eighth grade back then, um, 24. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing this for a really long time. And then as press, um, I started going in, like, 2012, I believe. I started doing press in New York Comic Con and continue to do press over there. And then San Diego Comic Con, um, a few years after that, I think I was in, like, my 
junior year of college when I first did press for San Diego, and I've been doing that since then, and I'll be doing press again this year. Um, so that's kind of like on the press side. But um, as a fan, do's and don'ts. Um, I would say bring food. You know, it's expensive over, the, over there. So if you can, like, prepare, like, you know, chips or you know, whatever, you, you like to eat sandwiches. Uh, have a lot of water, obviously. Um, and also plan out what you actually want to do. Don't go there and be like, I'm just going to go into this panel. Um, if you've never been to a convention, there's a lot of lines and stuff like that. So really plan out what you'd like to do. Um, yeah, that's, those are kind of my suggestions. So, uh, Kat, since you've been to all the Comic-Cons, have you ever fangirled over a certain actor or artist or writer? Mm. So, yeah, just fangirled in general. Um, I'm not a big fangirler, uh, I guess just because I've been doing this for a really long time, but... um. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely things I got excited for. I mean, like, oh, that's so cool that, you know, we're all here and, like, you're experiencing this. But, um, you know, just being able to interview, like, a lot of the DC TV people have been a lot of fun and just interview for shows that I really like. Like, Runaways is a big one. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, when Defenders came out, um, I, I was able to interview them. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, that was pretty big. Um, wow. So, yeah, like, those types of things. Yeah, yeah, so I, I've, I've done a lot of, a lot of that. Um, yeah, you kind of get used to it, especially when it's your job to, like, you know, talk to different people, but I, I think it's always exciting, uh, to do. It's a, it's a cool job to have. I'm going to bring up two people. So, oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Uh, so, going back to, um, William started show with Cassie Sandmark, and then he talked about Wonder Woman a tiny bit. The uh, character I want to talk about is your character-created series, you got father, you got daughter. Or, well, that and um, they call her the dancer. Would you care to discuss, tell our audience what those are about? Of course. Um, so My Father Daughter is my first comic book series I wrote. Uh, it's actually been about five years now that this book's been out. Uh, we are almost wrapped up with issue five, which is a pretty huge issue uh, to come out. Uh, the trade is wrapping up as well. So if you want a big collection of these books, uh, over 100 pages of stuff. So definitely grab that. But what it's about, it's about a high school girl. Father left her to become a full-time superhero. Everyone in the world loves him except for her. And then she inherits his abilities. Uh, and then the dancer came a couple of years later. Um, wrote kind of towards the... Uh, probably when I finished college is, is done. Um, and it's about a young woman who uh, is a dancer slash assassin. And when she's little, she witnessed her parents being murdered in front of her, never dealt with that trauma until now. She's kind of forced to in this series. And that's, that's kind of what the series is about, is kind of more the psychological aspects of, the, of a character that's very physical, someone who is a dancer, someone who is um, in tune to martial arts. And... You know, it's kind of, I always say it's like Batman if he actually dealt with his stuff, like dealt with his, his psychological trauma. So it's it's really her having to do that and questioning what's right and what's wrong. There's definitely a morally gray area of, like, what's a bad person? And, and she's kind of figuring out, is she a bad person? So uh, those are two series I have out right now. And uh, The so Dancer is going to be a mini series. 
Okay, sorry to interrupt. I mean to. Sorry. No, no worries. No, no worries. Um, no worries. But the uh, the dancer one, would she serve? Have a huntress type tone seeing her parents murdered and having to decide to deal with the drama and trauma, not drama. My bad, Kate Talk. Um, and whatever way she decides, is it sort of you know, that theme? So you're asking, is she deciding to, de to deal with the trauma? Well, I mean, yeah, Kay in the Bertinelli's character, she sees her family murdered by the oh, mafia, yeah. and she goes one halfway. Do we see similar options, and they call her the dancer? So um, she has to figure out her path? Yeah, I would say she, um, she definitely, I don't know if she has to figure out, I guess she kind of has to figure out her path in a way. Like, I think she definitely knows her path, but it is more of her, because I don't want to spoil anything, but it is definitely more of her dissecting her path, let's say. Uh, kind of seeing that she's, she's been very numb about certain things, and now she, she has to, she has to deal with she has to deal with it, and it's something that she's been trying to ignore, or she, again, she used killing to uh, say, all right, well, this is how I'm going to deal with uh, with my parents' death, is by always trying to kill that very person who killed my parents, in a way, obviously in a symbolic way. So, uh, yeah, and just noticing that by killing, she, in, in the first issue, she kills people that are bad people, but to somebody else is a good person. So, again, where's the line? What is a good person? What's a bad person? And is does, does she have a right to, to kill these people? I wanted Sounds to, interesting. It does. And I also want to jump oh, back. You. I also want to jump back um, to for a second <laughs> on father like daughter. What abilities do, do the father and daughter have? All right. Um, I get this question a lot, which is a good question. Um, so, Invulnerable and Casey uh, is has invulnerability uh, and also super speed and super strength. Because the reason I did that is to make the most generic powers possible because it's supposed to be a symbol of our generic superhero. And um, that, again, our superhero is a good person because they're saving strangers. Does that actually make you a good person? Um, and then it's also a metaphor for these people that literally can't get hurt physically are going to, they're in a rude awakening for their emotional <laughs> vulnerability because they, they got a lot of feelings they got to deal with. Um, and then Casey in issue two does have another power uh, and you have to read issue two to find out what that is. But she does have a, a different power than her dad. She also has the invulnerability and all that as well. Tell us how, how someone can subscribe to both of these comics that you're, that you're currently writing. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you ever see me at conventions, I'm always, well, at least for selling comics, the only two conventions I don't sell at is New York Comic Con San Diego at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm at a lot for conventions, and you could uh, check my Twitter and Facebook for information, or ask me on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, uh, which at Comic Uno, you can find me. But um, online, uh, Short Fuse Media Group does have a website, and you can buy all these books physically over there as well. Okay. okay. And or digitally. Now, I also want to know... Do you so, know, um... Go ahead. Go ahead, Jerry. Go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. I, I was going to ask you, there's, so, a, there's a buddy of mine 
who I've had the pleasure to interview twice so far, Joshua Lepin Bertoni. How do you, <laughs> what kind of relationship do you guys have? Um, so we we've, we've met in, at different conventions uh, through press. Um, so that's how we we kind of got to know each other. Um, and yeah, we just we see each other at conventions and say hi. Um, I know he he does stuff for DC Universe, I believe, mm-hmm. and he does stuff for like Batman News. Um, but uh, yeah, we we just uh, are in the same circles at at the press room, so we we say hi to each other when we see each other. Because you know you you get to see familiar uh, familiar faces sometimes when you when you do these things uh, as you do as as many years as I guess we do. You guys have like the coolest job ever. <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate that. Coolest job ever, man. Just a, just a fair warning for you. I did tell Josh that we were going to interview you and see what you say about him. <laughs> so um, he. He does have the right to come on and um, rebuttal anything you say. I'm just saying. I, I, I think we're good. I think it was all good things. That's all I, ha- all I have to say about him is good stuff. So. <laughs> oh man, he's a good he's a good guy too, and he got he got very lucky. He he sent pictures of the when he was on the Titan set. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I was so jealous. Oh, yeah, he's got a cool gig. Yeah, wow, man. What is your favorite Comic Con? My favorite Comic Con? Yeah. Um, probably San Diego. I think okay. that's definitely it's a it's a monster. It's a beast, but I think it's my favorite just because as a kid, that was like the first Comic Con I knew about. Mm-hmm. Remember when like here the first time I ever heard a Comic Con even existed um, was when Heroes season two came out. And they showed the episode there. I'm like, what's this? I mean, they, like, brought out a briefcase. I was like, oh, man, heroes. I want to go to this place one day. And uh, for my 16th birthday, I went to San Diego for the first time uh, to go Comic-Con. And that was, like, my uh, sweet 16th birthday present for my family. So uh, ever since then, I've been addicted. Um, But I also have a special place in my heart for New York Comic-Con because that was, like, the first convention I actually did go to and you know, my home hometown. So uh, I always have a connection to that as well. Go ahead, Jeremy. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, so getting back to your comic um, series, you write. You um, write these for Short Fuse Media. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the company I write for. So um, tell us about Short Fuse Media. Tell us what they do or where, you know, just from um prep them up um, for people who don't know about yeah so short fuse is an indie company they they do other stuff as well but um they are indie comic book company i was actually their first published comic book uh, like Father like daughter and now we have over 50 titles in our in our store and um we've mainly focused on superheroes especially like diverse superheroes yes um yeah which is obviously really important and, and mm-hmm. something we um you know, really garner for. So, uh, yeah, you can check out our lineup if you are just a hardcore superhero fan. I think you'll find something there that you'll you'll really enjoy. And, again, we have a lot of cool titles over there. Cool, cool. Sounds good. Um, William, he's um, a big comic book fan. And um, 
don't know if he's watched you on YouTube as of yet, but I'm sure he will. So um, I, hope I so. understand <laughs> you do you do comic book reviews on YouTube. Can you tell us about I that? Do. Yeah, so um, that's kind of how I started this thing is uh, through my YouTube channel. I did this since, I think, 2010, and I've still been doing it, so it's been almost a decade. Uh, and I review comics, and, and I used to review, like, single issues and stuff like that, but now um, I do a show called Comic Uno's Best Comics of the Week, and I review all my books that I read that week. Uh, usually I try to post it on Wednesday, um, and I go to least favorite to best pick of the week and uh, kind of rank my comics and, and talk about a whole slew of comics, DC, Marvel, and indies, so just having a good, diverse palette. That way, when you go to the comic book store, you, you can know um, what you'd like to buy. Uh, so, yeah, that's mostly what I do on my channel um, mo for comic books. I also do a topic video, um, mostly weekly, um, on a certain com a topic from comics or, like, uh, movies, TV shows. Um, and then uh, the main TV show I review there is The Loud House. Um, I used to do DC TV shows, but I, I tend to binge them now. So uh, I might do, like, a topic on, like, what was the best uh, of the season or whatever. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what I kind of do on that channel. I got I to gotta get to the elephant in the room. Do you, do you watch a lot of the Arrowverse shows? Yeah, so I'm all caught up on all of them. But, like I said, I, I tend to binge them now. Uh, it, it's just an easier way to do it. Again, I used to review every episode. Um, but it, there's too many of them. So now I'm actually in the process of binging them. So I binge watch Black Lightning, The Flash. I'm halfway through Supergirl. I do a podcast uh, for Legends of Tomorrow called the Legends of Tomorrow Podcast. I'm always caught up on that. Uh, and then um, the last one I have to binge is Arrow. And I've, I'm actually really looking forward to this season, which is why I uh, left it for last. Um, and all catching up for San Diego. So... Uh, that we could, you know, be all informed for all the shows. So uh, almost there. I'm, I'm almost close to the finish line. What is your opinion from what you've seen so far? What do you think we'll be getting from the, from Batwoman? Batwoman. Um, I, I really like the character of Batwoman. Um, I think she's great. I'm also a really big Betty Kings fan. Yes. So I'm interested to see how they're gonna add her into the show because it looks like there's a character that's kind of like her. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested for that. Um, I wasn't fully impressed with her in the crossover. Uh, I think Ruby, I really like the look of Ruby, and I think she's a cool person. But I do think she's, a, like, a fresh actress. Like, she's, you know, she's not a veteran, so I think right. she's going to have to grow into the role. Right. But so did Stephen Amell. Stephen sure. Amell was a very new actor when he went into Arrow, and he was able to grow into the role. So I'm not really worried about it, but I do think, I'm hoping the first episodes aren't too wobbly. Uh, and she kind of, like, gets used to doing that. But I'm, I'm really excited for it. So, um, our, the creator of all these groups that we run, her name is um, mm -hmm. Yesa Kanai. I don't know if she's talked to us or not. I hope she has. But, um, yeah, yeah. I know her pretty well. I know her pretty well, I'd say. <laughs> um, so, um... Her favorite show, for the most part, is Legends of Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, I can get her to start listening to your podcast. But um, she told me I need to ask you: What do you think of the direction that Legends seems to be going on? 
Do you think they're doing um, the right thing by getting crazy or what? <laughs> yeah, so I think this season they went a little bit too crazy at, at certain points. Uh, but I think you. season three they met their sweet spot. Thank you. Um, I... Right? <laughs> Got a little crazy. Um, but I also will say in the flip side, I thought season one was horrible. So I think this is the better version of Legends. I'm glad that they rebooted the show in a, in a way. Um, but I, it looks like next season they're, they're going to go back to the history stuff and, and hopefully tone down the crazy but not lose its identity at the same time. I think they just need to find the balance. It could be an epic show. It really can be. It, it could be an epic show. And because you have so much... It, it, you have so much interaction with that show. It can really, really, really be good if they take the comic relief out and put in the more serious situations. I think Legends could be the best show. Um, I don't know if I would completely take the comic relief out because season one, we had really no comic relief and it was a pretty horrible show, in my opinion. Um, but... I think, again, finding the balance of when to do the humor is important. Um, And I think, like, again, I thought last season they did a really good job at balancing both because I do think they have some really good emotional arcs as well. Um, Yeah, you know, I think they'll they'll figure it out. I think they they did lose a little bit this season, but... I think another thing that's... So, um... Go ahead, Wim. I think another thing that sort of kind of kills Legends, too... Um, and I don't think anybody's really brought this up. The breaks. Yeah, I mean that that was also that was just this season, but Supergirl had the same break last mm-hmm. season, um, and they had writing issues uh, last season. I guess they, yeah, they was that last season, I believe. So. That was last um, season. Yes. So the the last half was you know it was kind of sloppy. And Legends, I also I don't you know I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but. Um, I do think the last half was a little sloppier than the first half. So, um, and yeah, it's hard. I mean, especially if you are watching mm-hmm. like continuously, like most people I'm sure are, it, it, it's like, oh yeah, what happened last episode? Um, but that's, that's also why I kind of binge the shows at this point. The only one I don't do it with is Legends because of the podcast, right. but um, also because I truly do enjoy the show a lot. But um, yeah, I agree, the hiatuses, but it, it's a, it's something they can't really control. It's, you know, it's, production stuff and they have so many shows so and not enough days in the week so go ahead Jeremy so um one of the major things that happened on Yergens maybe because of how season one went I I don't know I don't know the backstage stuff not too much but one of the major reveals was uh, Sarah Yance becoming captain of the Wayfriar Arthur Darfield is a much better-known actor, I would say, through Doctor Who and whatnot. And mm-hmm. um, K.D. Yachts, of course, got the push-up and um, became captain. So, with that being said, there's a lot of um, fan controversy about the role of Jack Canary. Um, you being a big-time comic book fan... You know how um, some people want the shows to go stretchy by the comic book and not grow and be their own. So, um, what's your opinion on Sarah um, from her Arrow days and from her Yeshin days? 
Um, I think Sarah really grown, grew into her own. I, I believe Legend succeeded because she became captain. Um, I think she was a much better captain than Rip. Um, and it, also, Katie Lott's just growing as an actress a lot. Like, I think she enunciates a lot better, and she kind of sounds what she's good at, which is comedy. But also emotion, too. Which I think she lands the comedy really well. Um, so I think she just has grown so much. And I always liked Sarah. I liked her from the, the show as well. And I believe in adaptation. Not, uh, you know, not all the time you can have the same exact characters from the comics. And that's why the comics exist and the TV shows exist as well. So... Um, and also, they're two completely different characters. You know, Sarah doesn't exist in the comics, so she could kind of be her own thing. Um, I know she kind of started as the Black Canary or just the Canary, but really that was Laurel's character. So if you want to, you know, uh, try to say anything about adaptation, you look at Laurel more than Sarah. Um, and, but again, like, I think Laurel's allowed to be her own character as well, because it is an adaptation. You know, Oliver Queen and Arrow's obviously not like Oliver Queen in uh, the comics, and I think that's okay sometimes. Well, most of the time, unless it's like, I don't know, I, I think there is a line, because like, oh, well, you don't want to completely change a character from what it is, but then you don't watch it, and you're like, all right, it's not for me. Yeah, it'd be hard to change somebody like Superman, I'd say, but hey, that's just me. <laughs> yeah, but and even with Superman, though, like, you obviously have very different, um, you know, portrayals of him in Man of Steel, Yep. compared to even the Supergirl show or yep. Smallville. And yep. I think if you don't like that portrayal, there's going to be another one in the next five years, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> just wait your turn. Um, it just Then you just don't watch it. I think me and Lisa always get into it because the only thing that I hate about Legends, I hate Bebo. Really? <laughs> I hate Bebo. I hate Bebo. Nothing. Be, be, before you test your opinion on Bebo, Yisa might have just asked me to ask you one more question about Sarah. Um, okay. What, would you like to see Sarah, and I'm going to talk about Ray, too, because Ray Palmer started on Arrow. Would you like to see them make a final appearance on Arrow this season? Yeah. The final one? Or I could say yeah, you I think they've grown cool. out but okay. No, do it. Why not? I go for it. Like you can have a cameo or whatever. You have an episode if you like. I said go for it. Go for broke. Go for broke. Okay, now back to Bebo. <laughs> no, the, no, back to Bebo. Lisa loves Bebo. I can't stand Bebo because I think Bebo loves you. No, no, Lisa, <laughs> no. I think the thing that get it's just like nothing that cute. I don't think there's anything good that could come from something that daggone cute. That's just me, though. <laughs> I, I don't me. have any personal attachments to Bebo either way. Um, but I, I think he's, he's the way they've used him as an inside joke has been fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. <clears throat> I, wanted to, I wanted to bring up a couple of uh, character names, and I wanted to get your thoughts on them. Um, the, first person sure. I wanted to, the first person I wanted to bring up to you, Kitty Pride. Uh, one of my all-time favorite characters. Uh, probably my uh, first real all-time favorite character. I would say, like, my first one is probably Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's still very, very much on top. But, uh, yeah, my second favorite of all time is Kitty Pryde. My first is Mady Parker. 
Um, the Kitty, I fell in love with the character with X-Men Evolution, actually, and I know mm. she's kind of like a completely different character there. Yes, um, but that got me into reading her comics, and I've read pretty much every comic she's ever been in. Wow. Uh, and I just love her. I, I love her character. Um, I love her spunk. And, um, yeah, she's great. I know you, and you said Mayday Parker. Why Mayday Parker? Oh, man. Uh, so many reasons I love her. But um, I think Spider-Girl was one of the first comics that made me realize I wanted to be a writer and that I loved comics. You know, more more than anything, I love comics. Um, and what I love about her is that, you know, Peter and a lot of these Spider characters always had to deal with the trauma to become who they were. Yep. Um, you know, yep. obviously Uncle Ben and a lot of the, the different Spider characters. Um, so uh, Gwen has... Um, Peter, <laughs> um, and, you know, Miles had Uncle Aaron, blah, 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 we'd go down the line, but Mayday, she never had a trauma, she just was taught by her parents to be a good person, and that's why she wanted to be a superhero, she's just like, I saw, you know, I want to walk in the footsteps of my parents, and, and you know, do the right thing, uh, and use these powers for a greater responsibility, because that's what my dad taught me to do, um, so... I really enjoyed that, and I like that she's a character that was allowed to make mistakes in a lot of ways, allowed to get angry. Um, yeah, she's just, like I think she represents everything that a spider character should. And I also like the fact in that first book, you saw that ultimate that that alternate version of the Avengers. I thought that was kind of cool too that you saw that alternate version. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. Cassie Lang's in that. Yep, fun. yep. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was kind of cool, cool to see. Um, Another thing I want to ask you very, very quickly, that I want to get your thoughts on it. Women in podcasting, do you think that's going to be more of a thing that we see? Uh, I notice a lot of it on other venues, such as ESPN, they're taking more of a, a liking to doing that. Uh, Fox Sports is getting there. Same thing with Sirius XM. Uh, they got some ladies over there doing their thing also. Do you think that's going to be something that, that, that catches on more and more? I think it's already here. I think there's a lot of women doing podcasts. I think there's just a lot of people doing podcasts in general. I think everyone, you just kind of turn around and they're like, yeah, you know what I want to do one day? Make a podcast. And then you do, and you see if it, it hits the ball running. So, yeah, I think uh, more people in general are, are making podcasts. And I think, you know, more women are too, which is awesome. And, and if you mean bigger podcasts, them being included, um, yeah, that's important. I think, uh, you know, give a venue for a woman to start podcasts, you know, and and uh, get their ball running as well. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to see more, and I think we're already here. I think we, we already do have a lot of women podcasters, which is really nice. So what advice would you give to a woman who wanted to either start her own or join that podcast? Um, I would say don't be afraid to say what you want to say. You know, I think that's, that's one thing. Just, like, be you. And that's it. And that's, that's all you can do. Okay, so anybody who's actually listening to the show, you see that um, Catherine is a podcaster? William is looking for a female co-host. Feel free to join us. You can email him at pchubpodcast2018 at gmail.com. I am. Yeah, well, definitely. I am looking for a female co-host. Yes. Yes. I've been looking for one. You guys have to answer in the comments. There you go. Hopefully (laughs) hopefully you find someone. Um, I hope we do. Going back to your um, Mayday Parker... 
um, saying you talked about how she wanted to be a good person because her parents were good people. She grew up with heroes and was like, hey, yeah, that's how I should be. So um, that's sort of kind of similar to what um, Nora Allen was this season on Flash. She wanted to be a hero when she found out her dad was the Flash. And you said your cop on it, so you've seen how they ended up. Um, what did you think of Nora this season? Um, I thought this season was better than last. I really didn't like last season at all. I thought the thinker was one of the worst DC villains we've had. Um, I think Nora um, brought at least theme to the show, which was family, and we got to see that throughout a lot of the characters, so I thought that was important. Um, and I liked her overall. Um, I think it took me a little while to get used to her because she was a lot sometimes. You know, she's very, like, energetic and... Um, yeah, so I I end up liking her in the end, and yeah, I think what's interesting is that, I mean, she wanted to connect with her parents, but she hated her mom, right? So that's kind of interesting that she, um, you know, found a relationship with her, but she also was driven by trauma because she, her friend died, um, so that, you know, I... I think she kind of falls in with the rest of the crowd. It's just like there had to be a traumatic incident, too, which is not a bad thing. But um, there had to be a traumatic incident for her to be a hero, um, and that's why she became one. I've been a big, huge Iris West hater. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I thought you were just going to say fan of something. But <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 look, I don't understand it. What what are your thoughts on Iris West and, and Iris West Island and how they portrayed her this season? As a character, um, yeah, I I think they've made missteps with the character uh, in the beginning, and I, I I think they are putting a little bit more of a spotlight, which I like. Um, I do think it's a little weird that they were like brother and sister in the show, and then they got married. Yep, um, yep, yep. But uh, I I don't think. But I also do like the relationship that Barry has with Joe and, like, that she, he did find a found family. So I guess it's something I could look over. But um, I'm definitely not a hater of, of the character by any means. I, th- I think that the actress does a good job. Um, but I do think uh, that the character hasn't fully tapped into her potential. Um, and I'm still hoping that, you know, a season we will get to see Iris West detached from Barry. I think that's kind of been the issue is that line, which I always had an issue with, is like, we are the Flash. Like, nah, you're Iris West. Like, you could be an individual. I'm not taking anything away from a relationship because obviously you are two people that are kind of are one unit. Right. But I think sometimes there's confusion. I was like, you are your own person, though. You can't, you're not defined by your husband. You're, you're a person. So I think that's something the show hasn't gone correct is how can Iris West be defined on her own without Barry? And I think they're trying to get it correct, but I haven't fully seen it yet. <clears throat> I wanted to know, Jeff Johns, what kind of influence do you have in your writing? Oh, okay. Um, like people I like or just in general, like what type of stories I like? Um, both. Um. Well, writers I really enjoy are just character-driven writers um, okay. that just focus more on, on character study, um, which you could probably see with my with my stories. And, you know, my stories definitely um, are driven by uh, theme a lot. 
and and metaphor, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I the type of then I guess that's the type of writing I like too. Um, I obviously like superhero storytelling, but I want to do something different with it. Um, it's it's less about the action pieces and more about how these characters feel on on a daily basis. That's something I really enjoy and something I do with like Folly Daughter. I feel and kind of flipping tropes upside down and, and figuring out why we have these tropes in the first place. Um, and yeah, just psychological narrative uh, is something I really enjoy. And I, I guess one of my friends, you know, I, I read a lot of my stuff to him and he mentioned like one of the things he noticed a lot of my writing is that I do like bringing a lot of feminine characters, but putting them into a masculine uh, world and right. but never, you know, with still having their femininity, you know, and, and really focus on, focusing on their femininity. So uh, that's something I, I, I feel like I do a lot of my writing as well. So would you, I'll, I'll bring a character up for example. Um, would Power Girl fit your narrative per se? Um, I personally, like, I, I, I like Power Girl as a character, but she's definitely not like, oh my god, I'm going to go read a Power Girl comic because it's Power Girl. Like, I was like, all right, I'll try out this Power Girl comic. If I like it, I like it. If I don't, I can drop it very easily. Right. Um, but I understand where you're coming from because of the tropes of, like, oh, he's over-sexualizing women and then they're, like, poking fun at it with Power Girls. Mm-hmm. So uh, I definitely, I think that's a really cool thing that they've done with the character. Yeah. After her 20,000 20, rewrites. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor definitely did the best uh, with Power Girls. So that's, that's where I think they, they had it, uh, her height. Good, well, one uh, female character, not named Wonder Woman or Supergirl, who uh, most people probably have heard of, is uh, Batgirl. You've had Barbara Gordon. You've had Cassandra Cain. Mm-hmm. You've had, um, 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 no, I'm missing one of them. Well, no, that was the next, Stephanie was the next one I was going to say. Am I missing uh, Barbara Cass and Ben? I think Betty ben was, was Yeah, Betty, Betty was Batgirl girl for a minute, too. Yeah. yeah like a hot second. But, okay, so, so Steph, Stephanie Brown's the one I really want to talk about. Because she's my oh, personal yeah. favorite Batgirl. Um, Is she my favorite? So, she, she's my favorite Batgirl. Is she your favorite oh, Batgirl? Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, um, I love Stephanie. Um, I do like Barbara's Batgirl a lot, because um, I love Barbara Gordon as well, but uh, Stephanie's a little bit above, so my top five heroes, if you want to know, is uh, Mayday, Kitty, uh, Steph, Barbara, then Spider-Man. So, again, Steph and Barbara, they're very close. But um, I love Steph because she um, is the brightness of the Bat family. I think that a lot of people say Dick Grayson is, but I think Steph truly is. She's gone through everything (laughs) she got kicked out from being robin she was you know she died um there's so much stuff she's went through and no one ever gives her the props but i think that's what's so cool about her character is that she's the truest underdog where you know no one ever expects anything from stephanie but then she's the one who's gonna get a clean punch in the face for batman you know because no one expects she would be the one to do it and not even batman expects that from her uh, and I like that no matter as many times as she's thrown down to the ground, she gets back up, you know, and, and she always u- utilizes those mistakes 
to learn and be a better hero. Um, and that's something I think that's so important. And I, I could probably talk about Stephanie Brown all day long, as you could tell. But, yeah, I think she's awesome. And I wish writers knew how to write her a bit better in the present um, or be able to utilize her uh, differently. But hopefully one day we'll get to see Steph shine again. I, I agree with that. Her, She's the most real Batgirl. Barbara was real. I prefer her as Oracle and the Birds of Prey. So then you had Cassandra Kane, and I love Cassandra Kane, don't get me wrong. But she had the intuition. Stephanie is real. Stephanie has to earn everything she got. So I'm 100% with you there. She's the best Batgirl ever. Yeah, and I. I... Um, there's a, uh, I actually can't mention that yet. Um, I'm going to be doing a Stephanie Brown interview, uh, for the 10th anniversary for Newsarama. So go check that out. There's, oh, wow. there's a quote that I recently got about the character, which I want to reference, but I'm not going to reference it yet since the article is not out. But when the article is out, um, come back to me. I'll tell you what the quote yeah, was. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I think it, it's in. It's an interesting tale of, of her character, but I, I won't say anything right now. Yeah, I'll definitely hit you up. When it's out, make sure to share it in my showcase group. Oh, for sure. Sure. Yes, Thank I, you. I'll hit you up on Twitter as well. We follow each other on Twitter, so I'll definitely hit you up on Twitter also. Um, oh, yeah. I'll be hearing the hell out of it, so don't I, worry. I like, <laughs> I, out of all the background, I like Cassandra Kane better. Maybe this is me, though. <laughs> Me being a, a little twisted, so to speak. I thought she was, a, you know, a, a true badass, you know? You know, I think that's what's so cool about the Batgirls in general is that they're so diverse that I think every opinion on you saying your favorite's Barbara or your favorite's Steph or your favorite is Cassandra um, is valid. Not that, it, you know, I think everyone's opinion is valid in general, but I think they're so diverse that everyone will have their favorite because they're nothing alike, you know? Uh, but Cassandra's cool, too. Like you said, she's a total badass. She, I love the idea that she's able to read people through their body language. Yep. And, um, you know, that was her first language she really spoke was through the body. So I think that's so fascinating. And I love Steph and Cassandra's friendship. And I wish that was showcased more because I think it's so much fun that this badass girl and this, you know, kind of um, sarcastic, uh, fun character like Steph could be friends. And, and not just friends, be best friends. Right. I want to ask you too. What have you? What have you? What are your thoughts on all the Arrowverse crossovers so far? Did Did you like them? Did you see anything that you would have changed? Maybe. Um, none of them have blown me away. Where I'm just like, oh my god, I can watch that a billion times. Like honestly, I've only seen the crossovers all once. I've never really had to go back and watch them. Um, but I do think they're getting better. Um, I thought the last one's definitely the best so far. Yep. Um, and they all have something special in it in, that, that enhances the, each show. So it's cool that they have the opportunity to do this and that they've made it a yearly event. I like the Easter If you could um, not cross this on the Earth's office, yay, but if you could use a comic book event and make it a crossover with them, what event would you choose? I think it's so hard because, like, I feel like they just use the names, so they're not actually, like, delving into the comics. Um, I don't know. I think that's kind of my answer to it, actually. I mean, I would say Crisis on Infinite Earths, but they're doing it, you know? I don't really know what other events they could do. Like, um, 
One of my favorite events, and I know it's a controversial one to say, is Identity Crisis. But I wouldn't want to see that on TV. <laughs> like, I don't think they, A, oh, have no. the to do it. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. And obviously... Identity Crisis was good. I'm just saying. It was. Identity Crisis? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I understand the controversies for it, but I, I think it's a really well-done tale. Um, and and you kind of have to compare it to Heroes in Crisis. I think Identity Crisis did it better. And I think everything that happened made sense for the characters. And Heroes in Crisis, uh, I don't know if that really happened. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Identity Crisis a lot. And I, and even if you, like, you're just, like, a Batman fan, um, you know, they did a lot with Tim Drake in that one. Um, but also, you know, Gene Loring, like, <laughs> making her the killer was yeah. so great. Like, you wouldn't expect it. Um, but then, you know, seeing characters like Ralph, who wouldn't have had the spotlight be a main character of the story is really interesting. Um, and seeing characters like Firehawk being affected, like seeing people that, you know, are are C-listers being affected by the event. Um, but I do understand why people don't like it also, but I, I think it's a good, a really good event. It's one of my favorites. There was a... So, um, here... Sorry, William. So, Heroes in Crisis, spoiler your, your, if nobody's read it, while you west, it's the killer. So, what do you think about, um... Dan Dido pretty much killed all the Titans and turning Wally into a murder. Um, I I actually liked the beginning of that series. I was like, oh, cool, we're going to deal with trauma. And I, I don't think it actually ever did go into trauma further, uh, I guess, further enough. Um, and then the Wally thing kind of comes out of nowhere for me, yeah. and it just doesn't feel in character. It feels like they, they just wanted it for the shock value. So I just feel like the whole series didn't work, and the pacing was really off for the book. It's just like, all right, here's a, a poem about uh, the caveman Gib. I'm like, I don't need to see this right now. I want to get into, like, Harley and, and Booster Gold. And I think one of the biggest issues I kind of realized reading um, issue nine is that there was no detective in the story. This is a murder mystery. And, like, you, Booster and Harley and Batgirl and um, Blue Beetle are supposed to be the detectives, but they just stumble on information. They never actually find anything. They're just like, oh, I guess Wally did it. Uh, and I think that's why I didn't enjoy it, is that they, it, I think the book tried to dissect murder mysteries and detective stories so much that it kind of lost the rules of what a detective story should be. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it broke too many conventions that it kind of lost itself. That's another character. That, I were, that's another character. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. No, yeah, well, just a final thought on Heroes of Crisis. I read on some website that basically while you knew the detectives, he knew Barry Allen, he knew Bruce or Batman Rare. And so he knew how to frame the murder where they wouldn't know it was him. Do you agree with that assumption? Or yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I think it was written in that book. Like that's what I figured when I read it. So, yeah. I mean, again, it's a good idea that I don't think was executed correctly. Like it's cool that this this guy, you know, Wally, knew the detective so much. But again, Batman and Barry wasn't in the story enough to be the detective. So they were never truly the detectives of the story. If I saw Barry and Batman working together a little bit more, I think that would have been more more of an efficient 
uh, story tool to use. But again, I think there's a lot of things in that event that felt very muddled. Okay, go ahead, William. I got a question, and and both of you Mm -hmm. can feel free to answer it. Uh, On some of these animated movies, have you started to sort of kind of see DC trying to hold on to Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman? Perfect example, Justice League Dark. Did you really need Batman in that movie? Yeah, I mean, I think they're just doing it to, I mean, I know they're doing it because they're, they're selling the DVDs. They just see that they tried it with Green Lantern, and every single time Green Lantern was in a movie, they didn't sell. Or any anybody that wasn't, you know, Batman, pretty much, and Superman, I guess, I guess at this point, didn't sell. So, uh, yeah, they're going to keep doing it. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, Not saying it's right, but I understand it from a marketing point of view why right, they're doing it. Right. You saw it in Fatal Five too, Justice League versus Fatal Five. You had Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman in there. You had the whole big three. It's like they're they're scared to move somebody up or elevate someone up. But maybe that's because Young Justice failed with Blue Beetle. Um, again, I think it's, it's just more of a selling thing. It's just that they're trying to sell to a mass audience. It's not really comics where you could kind of take the risk of like, okay, let's try making a Blue Beetle title and see if it works. But these DVDs, they put a lot more money into it and they, they just kind of saw the formula that works and they're like, all right, let's keep doing this. And, and that's how they're making their money and And they, they don't want to lose their money. You know, I don't, I don't think they have the highest budget anymore. So they're, they're just, uh. They're trying the hardest, and I think Batman's where they found their success, and I guess now Superman, because that's Superman and Marina Superman. Sticking to what works. I guess there's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> yeah. There was we, a- we don't generally talk Marvel on this podcast, it being the DC Hub podcast and all, but I'm going to bring Marvel up anyway. <laughs> um, with the 30-something the Marvel movies out, and then DC has the horrible Man of Steel movie, Batman v Superman, and their decent movies, the Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and all. Do you see the comic book movie craze going down anytime soon? Do you think the market's oversaturated? I mean, I think this is a question that's been thrown around for years. Um... Uh, I think there's going to be certain shows that don't, or certain movies that don't last. Um, I think DC is going to really get the, the runge of it. But I see superheroes now as more of a genre um, than anything. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it, we can only, only time will tell, uh, especially how well the Marvel movies continue to do. If there's a lot of bombs there, um, if they ever make horrible movies, then I think the craze will be over. But I hope we don't see that day. But we'll see. I think again, it's time will tell. What's your What's your? Opinion? I hope you're right that we don't see that day. <laughs> what's your opinion of Brie Larson? On what? What's your opinion of Brie Larson, and how do you think she was as Captain? As Marvel? a person? What? What? what well, not <laughs> as a per- not as a person because we know you because yeah, we know you don't know. Yeah, her I don't know her personally. Right. Yeah, but, but in um, terms of her acting, her and, Captain and, Marvel. And the movie, um, right. Yeah, I mean, I 
I think Captain Marvel gets a lot of heat. Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons it gets heat. But, um, I, A, I, I think it wasn't a perfect movie. I think people loved Wonder Woman. And I, I think there's a reason to love Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, but when Captain Marvel kind of landed on, like, more of an Ant-Man level for the mass audience, not right. saying everybody, because some people love Ant-Man. I love Ant-Man. But, yep. you know, mass audiences, Ant-Man was just okay. Um, so I think... Captain Marvel kind of landed in that storytelling-wise and action-wise and setup-wise. Um, but because of the, the first female movie, there's so much more weight to it. They're like, well, that this just proves that, you know, we can't have female movies. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not the point. It's just like, I think the point is that female movies are allowed to be just okay. If a male movie could just be okay, why can't a female movie just be okay? Right. Um yeah, I mean, I, I didn't love the movie, and I wanted to really like it, but I think Captain Marvel as a character in the comics is very decisive, you know, very, uh, there's a the divide for her. So, uh, she's a harder character to get into, um, and that's okay. That's just her character. Um, and I think some people have brought it overboard. Jeremy? Uh, Captain Marvel's not my top favorite comic book character, not my top favorite movie. I did take use of To See the Feeders. Um, Goose the Cat is awesome. I'm not disappointed I seen their feeder. But I've not <laughs> bought the I've not bought the D V D yet. Oh, if that said, helps you any time. He said the cat <laughs> The cat was awesome. Hey, this was awesome. Come on now. The cat was awesome in that movie. I gotta give the cat credit. <laughs> Oh my goodness, um, Jerry! Do you have anything else? Um, I've not said on air. Thank you for coming and joining us, Catherine. Um, Thank we're you. Happy you, happy you decide come. Um, I am very interested in your books, your father, your daughter, and um, they call her the dancer. So I will need to check those out. Um, Thank you. You are going to be in a Comic-Con in New Jersey this weekend? Yes, I am. So, yeah, so Garden State Comic Fest is in Morristown, New Jersey. I'll be there Saturday and Sunday. So if you guys live there in the area, definitely go uh, check out the con and see me and buy some comics. What I want to know is how can people find you on social media, such as Twitter, YouTube, and so forth. Yeah, so YouTube, my channel is Hey and Claire Heroes, uh, but you can find me under Comic Uno. Uh, my Twitter is at Comic Uno. Uh, Instagram is Cat Comic Uno. Uh, Facebook, find me under Comic Uno as well. Um, those are places you can find me. I also have a group YouTube channel called Comic Frontline. We do a uh, weekly podcast every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time talking weekly comics and comic book news so be sure to check that out as well um it's a really fun podcast so all right if there's nothing else i want to thank everybody for being with us here tonight dc podcast will be back on the air this sunday 9 p.m 706-993-4606 it's that number you guys can call in to join us uh, also, check us out on Facebook, all our Facebook groups. We have a Facebook group for every show. Supergirl, um, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, you name it, we have So definitely check us out there. I want to thank Kat for y'all, y'all heard Y'all heard Dale saying there's an app for that. 
Well, we've got a Facebook group for that. <laughs> so, my way is, we have one. Yep. Or we'll make one. <laughs> so, I want to say thank you to Kat. Thank you again for joining us. I do appreciate you being with us tonight. No problem. Thank you guys for having me and inviting me on. Definitely would like to do this again. Jeremy, thank you for taking Sean's place tonight. Sean, I wish you get well soon, my friend. Um, thoughts and prayers. Jeremy, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. And we will see you guys again this Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, take care. <laughs>